You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to the Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 16. The Hawks are back home facing the Chicago Bears. Trying to get right and finish the season strong. Let's bring in NASA Chobie. What's on tap? What's on tap? Those Chicago Bears are on tap 4-10 on the season, and they've really struggled as of late. The Bears have lost eight of their last nine games, losing to the Packers, Bucks, 49ers, Steelers, Ravens, Cardinals, Packers, and Vikings. Their only win in the last nine weeks was a 16-14 victory over the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. And the Bears have been dealing with uncertainty all season long, whether it's their head coach or general manager. Not to mention they're starting a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields. And so it's been a roller coaster for them all year long. They had a higher expectations than they're living up to. But let's go back to Monday night. They played the Vikings, and honestly, it was pretty much a microcosm of their season. They lose to the Vikings, and it was brutal to start. Similar to the Seahawks, they went into the game down 14 players who were placed on the reserve COVID list. Among those not playing was star receiver Allen Robinson and most of their starting secondary not to mention they're also missing their offensive coordinator and their special teams coordinator. The defensive coordinator was cleared just before kickoff. But despite all that, somehow the Bears still dominated in most of the offensive categories. They outgained the Vikings 370 to 193. They had 255 passing yards. The Vikings had 61. They had 13 first downs. The Vikings only had five. They ran 70 plays. The Vikings ran 61. Key difference, though, was turnovers in fourth downs. The Bears turned the ball over three times and then were two of five on fourth down, which might as well be three more turnovers. Might as well call it six. They had nine penalties for 91 yards on the day, and rookie Justin Fields, he was okay. He had a decent day, statistically going 26 for 39 for 285 yards and one tutty. David Montgomery led all running backs, 18 carries, 60 yards, and uh, Cole Komet, the tight end. Had six catches for 61 yards on defense. The Bears held Kirk Cousins to a horrible day. 12 of 24, 87 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, but they ended up losing 17 to 9. So they're not a great football team. Let's not let's not pretend like they are. Um, but they do some things well. Bump, what do you see from the head-to-head comparison? Not a great football team, but we're in no position to judge right now. We just got to get wins at this point. <laughs> the Hawks are 5-9. and nine. These guys are 4-10. and 10. When you talk about the offense, the Hawks are the 30th-ranked offense. The Bears are 29th, averaging three more yards than the Seattle Seahawks. Rush offense, the Hawks rank 23rd. They are ranked 8th, averaging 125 yards. Montgomery is a big reason for that. Pass offense. Hawks ranked 27th, averaging 20 yards a game. They are 32nd, last in the league, 182 yards. They got a rookie quarterback that contributes to that. Points per game, the Hawks are 24th. They are 29th with 17 points per game. You go to the defensive side. This is the strength of the team. Um, The Hawks are 31st. They are 9th, only allowing 326 yards per game. Against the run, they are ranked 23rd, 120. Against the pass, they are ranked 4th, allowing 205 yards per game. And then points allowed, they are 24th averaging or allowing 24 points per game. The Hawks are ranked fourth, 
averaging 20 points per game. You look at the interception category, this is where we got him. Quandre Diggs has five interceptions. Bobby has one. Jamal Adams has two. That equals eight. The Bears have six interceptions. On paper, this should be a tight game. But you look at personnel and what they do, we feel confident in going into this game. But this is the NFL, and there is a history. Let's get to know it. Know your history. The Seahawks lead the all-time series 11-7. They're 11-5 in the regular season, but 0-2 record in the postseason. Last time these two teams linked up, the Seahawks lost 24-17 to the Bears on Monday Night Football back in September of 2018. And if you guys remember, it was a tough day for the Seahawks on offense. Russell Wilson went 22-36 of 36 for 226 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, but he was sacked six different times. A rookie back then, Rashad Penny, led all rushers for the Seahawks. Not a great day. Ten carries for 30 yards. Tyler Lockett was the only one who had anything really going in the stat sheet. He had five receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, Shaquille Griffin probably turned in his best game as a Seahawk. Four tackles, three passes defended, two interceptions. Ultimately, the Seahawks could not overcome the pressure from the Bears' defense. That was the first home game for Khalil Mack after the trade. And then... Turnovers, trailing 17-10 to 10 with 6.37 left in the fourth quarter. Russell Wilson was intercepted by Prince Amukamura, and he returned that by, for a touchdown, uh, pretty much stealing the game. Will Disley caught a two-yard touchdown in garbage time to make the score 24-17. Much different time because in 2018, things were looking good for the Bears. Things were looking good for Coach Matt Nagy. They took them to the playoffs in that first year. As uh, I think Clayton always says, the double doink when they missed the field goal and it bounced off the upright and bounced back they lose to the eagles so a lot of a lot has changed for both teams since 2018 but let's get back into the nfc west what's the word and the seahawks are the nfc west champs again what's the word in the west on hawk talk what is the word in the west the Arizona Cardinals are 10 and 4. The Rams are 10 and 4. The 49ers are 8 and 6. And the Seattle Seahawks are 5 and 9. Cardinals played the Lions last week. And the Cardinals have been one of the best teams in the NFL this season. And we've been believers all season long. But as of late, there's been some concern. The Cardinals have lost two consecutive games for the first time this season. They lost to the Rams and then got whooped by the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Yes, the Detroit Lions. The Lions won by a final score of 30 to 12. And the game wasn't really that close. The Lions controlled from the start, taking a 17-0 lead into halftime. And then at one point in the third quarter, the Lions were up 24-3. to The Cardinals were able to close the gap a little bit with 12 seconds, excuse me, 12, with 12 second half points. But the game was well out of hand. Kyler Murray, who was an MVP guy, candidate to start the season, had an all right day, struggled a little bit, 23-41, 257 and one touchdown, one interception. And he had three yards on four carries, which is crazy. Christian Kirk was the only one to really do anything in the box score with nine receptions for 94 yards and one touchdown. Zach Ertz had six receptions for 74. Jared Goff put mm. together a game, 21 to 26, 216 and three touchdowns. Craig Reynolds led all running backs with 112 yards on 26 carries for Detroit. And we heard some troubling comments post game from the Cardinals. Kyler Murray said, look, they were hungrier than us. They played harder than us. We didn't come prepared, and all of that showed. I kind of like that. I like him calling his teammates out right yeah. before the playoffs. Hey, let's get right. Let's let's fix this thing. Now, that's not what you want to hear, but you will take that. 
Now, they also finished the season with the Colts, Cowboys, and the Seahawks. So they got some tough games coming up. It's not going to be easy going forward, but they're still 10-4. and four. They can still win the division and still get a high seed in the playoffs. You know, I would kill to be in their position right now, obviously 10-4, and four, um, still having a playoff destiny, dreams, whatever you want to call it. But, man, it, it's a little late in the season to, to not be showing up effort-wise. They're hungrier than us. They played harder than us. We didn't come prepared at all. And it showed. It's the NFL, man. You can't just show up on Sunday and get a dub. I know they're the Detroit Lions, but you don't want to see that if you're a Cardinals fan at all. So it'll be interesting to see how they finish out the season. Otherwise, in the NFC West, the 49ers took on the Falcons. And these 49ers, man, they are a completely different team as of late, with the exception of when they play the Seahawks. They've won five of their last six and are in great shape in terms of the playoffs and the wild card. Currently holding down the sixth seed and have a one-game lead over the Vikings. Against the Falcons last Sunday, the 49ers, it was pretty much all 49ers all day. They had four touchdowns on four consecutive drives at one point. Control from start to finish. Jimmy G, who just continues to play under the radar, consistent football. 18 of 23, 235, one touchdown, no interceptions. Jeff Wilson had things going on the ground, 110 yards on 21 carries and a touchdown. George Kittle, he led all receivers, six receptions, 93 yards on six targets. 49ers were great on third downs, going 6 of 11. Also had 23 first downs compared to the Falcons 13. And all the talk, bump, we, we on this podcast even, everything was, hey, where's Trey Lance? Get Trey Lance in there, man. He's the future. Jimmy G's wash, blah, blah, blah. Yo, that's that stopped. Ain't nobody saying that now because Jimmy G's actually leading them to the playoffs. He's not going to overwhelm me, we know that. But he's efficient, man. Every week I'm looking at his numbers, he's always like, you know, 75-plus in terms of completion percentage. He's doing just enough to keep them alive. The 49ers are going to be a dangerous team down the stretch. Lucky for them, they do not have to play the Seattle Seahawks. Quickly, I look at the playoff standings. Um, now, the Seahawks are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, so I just want to Still say that. I just want Let's to go. put that in the atmosphere. However, boy, it's going to take – I don't know who you pray to, but you need to start praying to them today, tomorrow, and the next day because the Seahawks are going to need it. Vikings are 7-7 seven and seven in the last playoff spot. Eagles 7-7, seven and seven, Saints 7-7, seven and seven, Washington football team 6-8, and eight, Falcons 6-8, and eight, Panthers 5-9, and nine, the Seahawks are 5-9. and nine. I'm not going to waste everybody's time and go through all the crazy scenarios because I'll be here for an hour. But they're not, they're not out of it. Seahawks need to win out. They'll be 8-9. It'll be incredibly hard. It might even involve some ties. I don't know. But nonetheless, the Seahawks are still in it. I'm saying there's a chance. It's probably less than 1%, but there is a chance. Anyway, let's get back into the Chicago Bears man up. Hey, who man's is this? Who man's is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. Let's look at some of these matchups. Justin Fields is going against the Seahawks defense on the year. Justin Fields has 1,800 yards, seven touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. He's only completing 58% of his passes, and he's been sacked 36 times in 12 games. The Hawks should be able to get after this guy. He does have 72 carries for 420 yards and two touchdowns. He has definitely shown moments of brilliance. He looks good at times, but then he also looks like a rookie. That's what we expect out of rookie quarterbacks. A lot of the struggles Fields has faced this year can be attributed to the Bears' offensive line and constant questions about who will be coaching this team in the future. Lots of stuff going on there, but on the positive side, you hear good things about his leadership from his teammates. Guys are saying, look, man, he's super calm. He gets in the huddle. 
Um, when things are good, things are bad, he's even kill. He doesn't really get rattled. That's a good starting point for a rookie quarterback. The Seahawks defense is playing with a lot of confidence and should have a great day going up against the Bears. They're ranked 29th when it comes to offense. The Bears also have the league's worst passing offense, averaging 182 yards passing per game. I'm going to say Diggs gets a pick, number six, career high against Justin Fields and the Bears. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, I agree with you on that bump. Quandre Diggs has definitely been confusing quarterbacks all season long. And if he can intercept Matthew Stafford, I think he can intercept uh, Justin Fields, who has shown brilliance at times, like we said, but uh, definitely shown he is a rookie quarterback. On the flip side, the Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson, number three, going against his Bears front seven. Russell Wilson on the year, 208 for 318, 2,400 yards, 16 touchdowns, five picks. 31 carries, 141 yards, and one touchdown. And after putting together his best two-game stretch of the season, Russ really struggled last week against the Rams defense, going 17-31, 156 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, was also sacked three times. And he was doing stuff that we're not normally seeing. I thought we kind of got past some of the overthrows and just some of the lack of accuracy from Russell Fortunately, that kind of came back, and, and he's just not making some of the throws that he's consistently made throughout his career. We obviously know he's come back from a finger injury. There's just a lot going on, a lot of different guys going in and out on the offensive line. And the bad news for Russell, despite the Bears' record, they got a good defense, man. Ninth overall in total defense, allowing 326 yards per game. They also are very good against the pass. Bumpy mentioned it. They're fourth in the NFL, allowing just 205 yards. And, boy, Robert Quinn, man, holy my goodness, he's having a monster season, 45 tackles, 16 sacks, and three forced fumbles. Bump, I don't have the sack numbers in front of me for the Seahawks. Let me look back. But he almost has more sacks by himself than the entire Seahawks team. Seahawks have only sacked quarterbacks 25 times. This man has 16 alone. So Russell Wilson, I'm hoping he gets back to form this weekend, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough, man. Robert Quinn is a beast. I did a film session on this guy. Got two sacks against Aaron Rodgers. Dude can get it done. All right, let's go over to the receivers, man. Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson versus Seahawks secondary. The Bears are nothing like these Hawks have seen as of late when it comes to receiving core. But you got two guys who can get it done and who are just fast when they're on the football field. Mooney has 57 receptions for 803 yards and three touchdowns. Allen Robinson, 56 receptions for 353 and one touchdown. Uh, Godwin, excuse me, Goodwin. Is the next best receiver. He just has 16 receptions for 277 and one touchdown. You play with a rookie quarterback, it's going to be tough, right? You got to rely on this guy to get you the football. So that's what I attribute to Allen Robinson's stats being down a bit and him being hurt. He's missed a, a few games. Um, Allen had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 2019 and 2020, but like I mentioned, he's been hurt and he tested positive for COVID. This is a game where I want to see these corners really step up, even though you know, you're playing with some backups. You got Bless Austin out there. Um, you still got digs in the secondary holding it down. But if there's a game for these guys to be dominant when it comes to the pass game, this is it. But these you got to respect Mooney and Robinson. They have enough to make big plays. Yeah, no question. Robinson is a savvy vet, like you mentioned, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 19 and 20. He can get it done. I heard, and I think I watched him on one of the Monday night countdowns early in the year when they do that segment with Randy Moss. And you just talked about it being a learning curve, man. You know, Justin Fields is just trying to figure stuff out. But dude is a baller. He can still play. Now, the Bears don't do a lot of great things offensively, but one thing they do do well is run the football. David Montgomery is the 
reason why. He's got 162 carries, 668 yards in four touchdowns. The Bears are the eighth-ranked rushing attack in the NFL, averaging 125 yards a game. Khalil Herbert has also been effective on the ground with 392 yards on 95 carries and one touchdown. Once you throw in Justin Fields, they got three players that have around 400 yards rushing, so they can clearly are successful in that part of the game. Now, here's something that I dug up, Bump, that's interesting. So, the Seahawks are 21st in the league when it comes to stopping the run at 116 yards per game. However, that's that's actually kind of misleading because the defense has been on the field way longer than most teams. When you break it down to yards per carry in attempt, the Seahawks are only allowing 3.8 yards per attempt. That's tied for the best in the National Football League. So that shows you that when teams actually do decide to run the ball, the Seahawks actually do a decent job. They're just on the field for so much longer. Devil's advocate would say, well, they should get off the field. But obviously, it's more about you know volume and quantity. A lot of that has to do with the offense. So they're actually de- they're actually pretty damn good at stopping the run. But bump, listen to this, man. The Seahawks defense has been on the field for 1,001 plays this year. Number one in the NFL by a wide margin. The Giants are the next closest team who have been on the field for 954 plays. Essentially meaning the Seahawks have played an, an additional game on defense than the next closest team. The Broncos, on the other side of that, have the least number of plays at 832. So real talk, the Seahawks have played like three extra games than the Broncos defense has this year. So that's context to show you how long they've been on the field and that they're actually pretty good stopping run, but that's just wild to me, Bump. That is crazy. Defense, get off the field, save some miles, especially on guys like Bobby Wagner. All right, another matchup. Let's look at DK, Tyler Lockett, and D. Eskers versus the Bears secondary. Seahawks are hoping to get Tyler Lockett back on the field. We missed him last week against the Rams. DK struggled, man, again, of all the last six games. He hadn't scored a touchdown since Halloween against the Jaguars. My family was at that game. So that's mm. what we got to do. We got to get the bumpuses back in the building <laughs> so DK can score a touchdown. All right, he has more. He has not more than 60 yards since week seven, which is crazy. After setting the franchise record for receiving last season, DK is not having the season we all expected. This year, he has 62 receptions, 805 yards, and eight touchdowns. That's wild to say that this is kind of a disappointment. <laughs> right. 62 yards, 800, uh, 62 receptions, 800 yards and eight receptions. And we're disappointed. That's just how good DK Metcalf is. The Eskridge on the other hand was targeted four times and had zero receptions against the Rams. The Seahawks really need these three to get going against the bears. I mean, this is the future right here, right? You can get a few more years out of Lockett. We know DK's contract year is coming up. You drafted D Eskridge early. Let's get it done. The bears had the fourth best passing defense, but only have six interceptions, which is 29th in the league. Opportunity out there. Let's get it. All right, Bum. Let's figure out how the Seahawks can get this done. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. You would not have thought it when the season started, but right now the Seahawks defense is carrying this ball club. Uh, They're definitely the MVPs keeping this team afloat. They're playing with confidence right now. They haven't allowed more than 23 points since week five. They're fourth in the NFL in points allowed per game. We've talked about this a lot on the pre- and post-game show. How much do yards really matter? Well, at the end of the day, the Seahawks are keeping guys out of the end zone, which really is what matters is on the scoreboard. So they need to continue to play at the level that they're at and. They're playing a rookie quarterback, man. It's Justin Fields. He had a great career at Ohio State. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. 
But he's a rookie, and the Seahawks need to make him look like it. Create turnovers, get after him because, you know, he's got seven touchdowns, ten interceptions, proning to turn the football over. They've struggled in the offensive line. So the Seahawks have a really golden opportunity to get after Justin Fields and, and make him look bad on Sunday. Make him look like a rookie, and because he's a rookie quarterback, they're going to run the football, and they are good at running the football. So let's stop the run. You mentioned the Hawks have been on the field for 1,001 snaps, only averaging 3.8 yards per carry. Let's keep the good times rolling, but get the snaps out the way. Let's shorten the snaps, keep the run defense nice and proper. We'll be good to go, and let's get a rhythm on offense. Russell Wilson was off last week. This offense didn't really make any big plays. I think now's the time to do it. Finish the season strong and take care of it against a team that I feel like they should be able to move the ball against. No question about it. I think that it's hard to throw shade. What's the saying? Don't throw stones if you live in a glass house, right? Yeah. That yeah. the Bears are four in the four, four and ten. Seahawks are five and nine. I just the Seahawks are just such a better football team. It pains me yeah. to say that. Call me Homer. Call me what you want. The Seahawks are so much better than a five and nine record, and it just pains me to talk about it, but. As a wise man told me, man, you are what your record is. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about that. That's real. That's life. Doesn't matter. Dominate the line of scrimmage. Protect home field. Find a way to go 1-0, guys. That's going to wrap it up for Hawk Talk. Just want to remind you, you can catch us everywhere. You can listen to Seahawks Insiders as well with Jen Mueller and John Boyle. The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Stacey Ross, and Jay Keeps. Uh, Seahawks Stories with Robert Turbin. Seahawks Rewind, which is instant analysis after every game on the Seahawks Radio Network. Catch player interviews, reaction from Bump, Moyer, Roberts, and Turbin. The Seahawks slightly still have a chance at the playoffs. I won't rule it out. It's going to take an act of God. But that being said, they're playing the Bears at home, and they got a shot. So hopefully the 12s come out there on Christmas, uh, day after Christmas, and Seahawks can get a victory. All right, there it is. Hawk Talk Preview Edition, Week 16. The Hawks are home taking on the Bears, trying to finish strong. The Bears are 4-10. The Hawks in 5-9. and nine. Let's get after it. It's been real. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Nasa Chobi. We'll catch you guys next week. Mm-hmm.